You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Multiply bread and fish to speak to a crowd. People followed him. They concluded this is the prophet. Many years before, Moses had said that there is a coming prophet. And they said, This must be that prophet that's supposed to save Israel. So, in a sense, they were right. But then they said, Let's make him a king by force. Now, you have to understand what's happening, why the people would want to impose kingship upon Jesus. Why they would want to insist that he became the king of the Jews. In fact, what's happening here is almost like a coup. Now you have to go to Luke chapter 1 to understand what's going on here. As I said, I'm going to read a few scriptures. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. Look at the circumstances surrounding the birth of Christ. You will then understand why they wanted him to be king of Israel. At the time Jesus was born, if you've done the history of the New Testament times or the history of Palestine, Rome was a dominant empire in the world. The Romans had conquered the known world and Rome had annexed Israel. Rome had annexed Syria. And Rome was ruling the known world then through Caesars. So the Caesar was the emperor. Caesar was strong and Caesar exacted taxes on all the nations they had conquered and what's happening here was a census so they could count the number of people and they could exact taxation and the Caesars ruled in a very strange way the Caesar would be would be in Rome and he would use kings they call them client kings so if you remember there was Caesar in Rome and remember there was Herod so Herod was the king that the Romans imposed on Israel and they hated Herod. Herod was not a Jew, he was a half-Jew. So the Jews didn't know why God will allow these Romans to exercise such authority over them. So everywhere you went, there were Roman soldiers everywhere. 
And that's why the Bible talks about, you know, the centurion talks about weapons of war. There's a lot of military terminology because Israel was under an occupation of a foreign power. Are you understanding this? So I, I want to go into a bit of the history so you can understand exactly why they wanted Jesus to be king. And the Jews were, they knew they were God's people. And they were yearning for freedom. They were yearning for liberation. They could not understand why God would permit Israel to be conquered by Rome. And so they, they yearned for the days of King David when Israel was a great nation. They yearned for the days of Solomon where silver and gold was like stones on the street, where the economy was good. Because now, Rome exacted such heavy taxes from them that they were struggling. And if you remember, King Herod was brutal when Jesus was born. And by the way, Mary and Joseph were living in Nazareth. And it was because of this census that they had to go to Bethlehem. And that was how Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And Herod then heard through some magi, through some, some prophets, some, that a king had been born. He said, go and bring him. A king, another king, when I am the king. And what would I tell Caesar? That another king has been born. That's not possible. And he tried to kill Jesus, as you know the story. Mary and Joseph took the young Jesus and they fled. And guess what King Herod did? A genocide. Killed all the children, two years and under. And think about the brutality of it. Sometimes we read the Bible and we don't put ourselves in the literary thing that's going on. Soldiers breaking down doors using the women, ripping up pregnant babies out of pregnant moms. It was brutal. It was tough. It was difficult. It was in this atmosphere that Jesus was born. A very complicated political atmosphere. In fact, when this Herod the Great died, they split Israel into four and gave each of his sons each area to govern. Then when Rome heard that one of the kings wasn't doing well, they removed him and put Pilate. So Pilate was like a king, but they called him a governor. Very complicated political system. In any case, Jesus grew and began to work miracles and crowds began to gather so in the mind of the jews that's the man that's going to deliver us from this hold of rome that's the man that's going to break this bondage and hegemony of rome we want to be free we want israel to go back to his days of glory we want the restoration of Israel. So they saw Jesus and said, that man will help us with the coup. And they said, let's make him king. Let's make him king. And Jesus, in his mind says, they don't know why I've come. My assignment is a little different. And by the way, Jesus was very political. One day he called Herod. He says that Herod. He says he's a foxy man. He's a fox. And all the examples Jesus used in his stories were examples from what was happening politically. Unemployment had risen to extend that laborers would stand idle all day, no job. You remember the story he told about how a landowner went and told some men, why are you standing idle? He says, no one. No one has given us a job. Remember when they said to Jesus, should we pay taxes? 
So there were issues that Israel was dealing with. So in their minds, this is the man to resolve the problems of the nation. This is the man to move our politics to the next level. This is the man to bring Israel back to the place of its glory. But Jesus had something else in mind. See, in his mind, what he was dealing with was not Caesar, the devil. What he was after was the souls of men. How can they try to make him a king? He was already a king. In fact, when, when Pilate sent for him, asked him, are you, are you a king? He said, are you asking for yourself or did I rather ask you to ask me? He said, to this end I was born so that his assignment had a different direction. Are you with me tonight? He had an assignment. He had something in mind that he wanted to accomplish. In any case, one thing, let's move, one thing led to another. And finally, they killed him. And do you know, even his death was politically motivated. There was Caesar, there was Herod, there was Pilate, there were the Pharisees, there were the Sadducees, there were the Sanhedrin. It was just so complex. They could have released Barabbas. They said, no, release Barabbas, kill him. And by the way, I hope you know that crucifixion was not invented for Jesus. It was the way Romans killed rebels. So the death warrant that Pilate signed was that this man said, there's another king, that Caesar is not his king. In any case, in Luke 24, I'm going somewhere tonight, please just stay with me a little longer. In Luke 24 verse 17, I want to jump to where Jesus dies. He resurrects and the disciples don't know he has risen from the dead. All that happened was that they saw him die. And two men, well, two disciples were going from Jerusalem to an, a village called Ineos. And they were sad. Because in their mind, that's the man we had hopes on. While they were walking, Jesus meets with them. They were sad. And that's what sadness does to you. God is with you, but you never realize it. You may miss him. Their minds are clouded. He said to them, what kind of conversation is this? You have, can I see the NLT version? With one another as you walk. Why are you so sad? One of them, Cleopas, replied. You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. A leading priest and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. They're telling Jesus about himself and they crucified him. I mean, look at the New King James. Please take us back to New King James. It says, we had hoped that this is 
the man, please stay with me, I'm going somewhere. We were hoping that this was the man to take us back to the good old days. We were hoping that we would see glory days again in Israel. He'll take us back to the days of Solomon. We're hoping that he would break the hold of fear of, of, of Caesar. Our hopes were on this man. And that was three days ago. Next verse, please. This is what Jesus said. New King NLT version, please. Jesus said to them, <laughs> you foolish people. Do you find it so difficult to understand that my agenda was different? He said, do you remember when Pilate mixed the blood of some people with the sacrifices? I didn't fight Pilate. Do you remember all the problems and how I managed them? I'm going somewhere, please stay with me. He says, you're foolish. You don't have understanding. You don't have revelation. I'm going somewhere, please stay with me. You don't have revelation. And then he began to explain why he came he began to explain that his work was to redeem humanity his work was to raise kings his work was to begin from within the hearts of the people they were looking at the externals but he was saying i bring a different dimension he was saying, I'll get to where you're going. But I want you to understand my own process. Please hear me as we go on. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4. This was now Jesus about to ascend to heaven. He was with his disciples. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit shortly from now therefore when they had come together they said Lord you're going please the nation the nation please restore the nation you can leave us like this how many of you feel this way about Nigeria Some of us have prayed for so long. It's like, Lord, this country, Lord, this country, when would you restore this country? When would you bring us back to the days of glory? There are prophecies hanging over this nation. There's so many things Nigeria is supposed to do for you. When, oh God, when? And even now as we speak, we're uncertain about the outcome of the elections. We don't really know. We're praying. We know what we want in our hearts. We know what we don't want. Is it not righteousness that exalts a nation? Is it not when the righteous are in power that the land rejoices? Is it not by the blessing of the upright that the city is exalted? So we know. 
Lord, when would you restore Israel? When would you restore the kingdom? Notice the same question they keep asking him. Come and be king. Come and restore. Come and redeem. And Jesus said to them, which is what the Lord has spoken to me. He said, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his authority. You know what he was saying? He said, this, this issue of Israel is a timing thing. He said, in the right season, the Father is going to surprise everybody. Is this making sense? He says some things the Father puts his hand upon and resolves in his own way, in his own time, in his own season, under his own authority. And just like Israel, this is where this nation is. They were trying to force Jesus to be king. They were trying to force their way on him. When they saw the problems, they were unable to contain themselves. But Jesus was saying some things are in the hands of the Father. He said, I know you are praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop trusting. Oh, there are certain things you must do. Your civic responsibility. Oh, although, yes, you, you've got to be a good citizen. father but you have an assignment there is a bot in the midst of the challenges in the midst of the difficulties in the midst of the uncertainty he says I need a people who can walk in power he said the spirit of God needs to rest upon the people in the midst of the political uncertainty he said says in Isaiah 33 37 verse 3 that it's a day of disgrace it's a day of rebuke a day of blasphemy when the children are come to the place of birth but there is no strength when God resolves the issue of the nation and you are powerless it says your job is to receive power The power of God needs to rest upon you. And you shall, what is that power for? He said, I want you to be a witness. And I want you to start in Jerusalem, then move to Judea, then move to Samaria, and then move to the uttermost parts of the earth. And he said, mark my words, that darkness covers the earth, deep darkness the people, but as you begin to move, the Lord will arise with a light upon you, and his glory shall be seen. Then the world will come to you, and my original plan will begin to see take shape. So that right now, it is the power I want to see. It is the power I'm looking for. 
powerful. He's talking to his disciples saying, I need power. I need power. I need you to walk in power. Power to be a witness. Who is a witness? A witness is a man or woman who stands in court and says, this is what I saw. This is what, and he speaks what he has seen. In 1 John chapter 1, John said, John said, that which we have seen, 1 John chapter 1, that which our eyes have seen, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled concerning this word of life. These are the things, the life was manifested, we have seen it, we bear witness and we declare. When last did you declare? When last did you declare? The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Oh, that means the first thing you do as a believer is spiritual warfare. Pahala, prato, prakata, shukataba, seli prakuta. So some people are shouting, the nation, he's saying, show me, do you have language? Do you have utterance? Do you have authority? Do you have capacity? Do you have insight? Do you have revelation? That's what I am looking for. The issue of the nation, I'm going to sort it out, but I need you. In fact, I need you to rise up into something right now. And that thing you will rise up into will activate what I'm about to do for the nation. Can you get some power? That's why I said, may God turn this place into an upper room. Because he told them to tarry. He told them to tarry. He said, tarry, tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Neither do we have the power. What is God looking for today? Power. Christianity was never supposed to be us going to church. Jesus did not go to church. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good healing those who were oppressed while God was with him what is God looking for looking for power Paul said when I came to preach he said I did not come with the enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, I came with a demonstration of the Spirit and I came with power. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5. Paul said, our gospel did not come to you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. If you look at the NIV version, he says, and in much, with deep conviction. Okay, so as I said, crucifixion was not invented for Jesus. It was the way in which those brutal Romans killed the cr criminals. And do you remember that Jesus was born of a virgin? So there was controversy over his paternity. Remember when him and the Pharisees were arguing? They said, we know who our father is. Who is your father? 
with your mother was pregnant before she married Joseph. So there were issues around his birth. Even his brothers were unsure of him initially. So here is a man whose birth was questionable. Grew up as a carpenter. Died the death of a common criminal between two thieves. If you are riding your donkey that day in Jerusalem and you saw three men, you know what you'll be saying? Pilate is walking. He's reading Jerusalem of criminals. And do you know when he rose from the dead, they bribed some soldiers to say that his disciples stole his body. Do you know this same Jesus, this same Jesus, questionable paternity, carpenter, killed as a murderer, they are sure where his body was. The disciples then had to convince the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes that that man on the cross is the son of God. <laughs> Would anybody believe? How were they able to do it such that they turned the known world upside down? The power, the deep conviction, the deep assurance, the authority. That's the power of a witness. And that's my prayer for you. That the anointing of God will come over your life. That the grace of God will settle over you. That a fresh mantle will begin to break forth so that you begin to experience the power of God. Oh, may God heal your sickness today. May God deliver you from oppression today. May you come into that place of strength, that place of deep conviction, deep assurance. Jesus said, that's what I'm looking for. I need a church that carries power. In a time where people are preaching positive thinking. In a time where people are just showing, what's it called? What's that? Uh, slides and uh, PowerPoint. Said, I, I, I just need power. In a time where we're bringing comedians said I need power and it's not in eloquence you know there are times they call you to pray and you are practicing your prayer <laughs> I bless you I thank you I tell he said it's not about eloquence it's not about education it's about power Luke 10, 19. It says, Behold, King James Version says, I give you power. So there's a power to be a witness. Jesus told his disciples, when you go to the courts, when you meet magistrates, when you meet the policemen, he said, don't even think about what you say. I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that your enemies cannot resist. You know what has happened? We have reduced our expectation from God. We have become churchians, not Christians. They were the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch because they saw something about them. They saw the life. They saw the grace, they saw the power, they saw the strength, they saw the capacity, they saw the faithfulness, they saw their loyalty. So that today, when we preach, we just want people to be blessed. And honestly, there's nothing wrong, we all need a blessing. But do you know many times, everybody's blessed and God says, I'm the only one not blessed.
if we walked out of church and met God outside and God says where you were coming from we say it's a conference we're coming from a conference we're coming from service God may ask you what's a conference what's a service that in the New Testament they gathered shared the word worship power they were unstoppable John had been arrested and they released the Bible says they went back to their own companions reported and when they lifted up their voice I was in the UK I was in London and I was I preached in the church I preached in the church a friend of mine invited me to preach in this church and it's just like now I, I prayed in tongues at some point I saw his head going down was a small church. Later he said to me, he said, Pastor Tony, we can't do that. We can't do that. I said, we can't do what? He says, we can't pray like that. I said, that's why your church is small. That's why there's no healing in this church. You're trying to attract the people who were waiting for you to liberate them. Chicago in one neighborhood where they were you know inner city neighborhood when they had broken this church was in this neighborhood they, they the boys in the area broke to the broke into the church on three occasions then the police came by the third time they told the pastor sir you've got to move your church to a nicer part of the neighborhood and he said okay so they packed up the church and were looking for you, a new property. So that's when God spoke to him that the police told you to leave darkness. Are you not light? Who else will bring salvation there? It's because you are powerless. We're not even asking for people to hop out of wheelchairs. We're just asking for the power to confront demonic powers. Jesus said, I give you power to tread upon scorpions and serpents and overall the power of the enemy. I said, let God, let every man, let God be true and every man alive. God will never ask us to do what he hasn't given us the capacity to do. We have to go back and see something must be wrong somewhere. Something must be wrong somewhere. The power to be a witness. Where on a daily basis you are speaking. The power to trample upon scorpions and serpents. Deuteronomy 8, 18. The power to create wealth. as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to godliness the power to live a holy life the power to walk in truth the power to walk in integrity the power to stand for what we believe the power to confront falsehood when we see it. So what's God? God is commissioning this house. That's why he said, can you, Tari, can you wait? He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. turned it into a den at that time of taxation so the tithing system had become taxation let me share something in Matthew 23 23 this is my own personal revelation Matthew 23 23 in the NLT version please 
But so await you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites. You're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb. This is Jesus speaking from your herb gardens. But you ignore the more important aspects of the law justice, mercy, truth, integrity, faith. He said, Listen, you should tithe. But tithe is not the issue, there are bigger things. You've made this whole tithing thing about covetousness, about transaction. Give me, I give you. The whole thing has become materialistic and you've left the major things. You should. But how about your life? How about your marriage? How about your authority? How about your children? How about mercy? How about worship? How about your life of prayer? How about helping the poor? We're neglecting the important things. We're looking at the nation, but we are powerless. So I've been in that place where I'm saying, oh God, what do you want me to do next? What do you want me to do? That's what we all need to ask him. Lord, what are we supposed to do? There was a time. Remember before when you got born again, your night features. I you sought the Lord. Today we want prosperity without responsibility. We want power without the sacrifice. We want a gospel that they have taken suffering away from. We want a gospel. Do you know many of us who have kids for the first time in 20 years, we're seeing depression and suicide come into this country. I'll tell you one of the reasons. Part of it is our parenting skills. Many of us grew up with our parents bringing discipline to us. Many of us grew up with principles imbibed from our parents. Many of us suffered, but we are standing. Then we don't want our children to suffer. And in not wanting them to struggle, we have taken away their coping skills for life. And so, there's a trigger. They have no coping mechanisms. Then the enemy comes in. Many of us have allowed social media to take possession of the minds of our children. Because we have removed the godly discipline the Bible speaks about. And all of a sudden we're wondering, where is the power? Where are our children? It's like God is calling us back to the pathway that takes us to the place of power, the place of discipline. And you know, sometimes you think, that when you preach a message like this, a friend of ours told us a story. He said, she said her son told her a story. That he had told her son, you must be back by 11. So he went to the movies with his friends. And by 
10.30, the movie was just starting. By, by 10.30, the boy said, I've got to go home. Oh, they said, forget your mom. So my mom says, I must be home by 11. He said, who cares about your mom? Have fun, let's watch the movie. He said, no, I've got to go home. I've got to go home. I've got to go home. When he insisted, guess what his friends told him? We wish you had a mom to tell us to come home by 11. Sometimes we feel that this is what will drive people away. That's what their souls are craving. Of course we need... I'm not saying we should not have com comedy. I'm not saying we shouldn't have, I mean, technology. We need all those things. But there, nobody... Imagine a wedding where you're eating only the icing. That's just the icing on the cake. Tonight, God is going to anoint you fresh. And the anointing we need tonight. You know, sometimes, yeah, well, thank God for the man of God. But I'm not just preaching to this church because we know the grace, the message, the depth in this church, but I'm speaking to the Spirit. of kingdom so that what we need is the grace to go and wait on God the grace to pay the price we have to go back to the good old prayer and fasting now you may get to a certain age you're unable to fast or medication or something you can find a way to do it meetings Jesus said when you pray enter your closet lock your door now we pray with mobile phones inside the prayer making of <sighs> he said your father who sees in secret are you in secret once you're making the calls in prayer you've just negated that whole concept of secrecy of you and God It's a pastor message has given me a, a twist to bring restoration. It's like he's, he's sending us the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then we can take root downwards and bear fruit upward. So may, may you be the custodian of this season. I don't know how you're going to do it. Because believe me, we, we need to reform. Jesus' message is a message of transformation and reformation. We need to reform the nation. We need to transform governance and politics and education. And we, we, but then, it's like there's a starting point. I want to pray for those who feel you've reached, you, you know, you just know. You're just here tonight and 
your heart's desires more. You know, have you ever prayed? Someone prayed a prayer said, Lord, I miss my time with you. That means I, I know I'm not where I just I used to be. I just miss. I, I know my soul craves your spirit. My soul desires your presence. We were made the way fish are comfortable in water. Birds, a, a bird in a cage, as they say, is a sad bird. A bird yearns for the freedom of the skies. The same way we are created for God's presence. spoken and your words are dribbling on your blouse or your shirt you know it didn't arrive it's like somebody died you know you didn't pay the price thank God for the grace the sound is an anointing but have you sometimes ministered and you know that that was a performance you know it and you know that there is more. One of our pastors told us a story. He had four kids. He said doing Bible study with the four young kids was just a lot of trouble. And he was getting so tired. They wouldn't listen, running up and down the place. And the Lord told him, why don't you tarry before me the way you do when you're going to preach in church? Before you have Bible study. He said, so he'll pray for two hours to talk to four kids. He said, the change. Years ago, when I, my daughters were young, I came home one day and I saw their nanny outside the house with her suitcase. I said, where are you going? He said, my wife had sent her away. I said, my dad has told me to go. She was waiting for a taxi at the time. I said, don't go anywhere, just sit on here. So I went upstairs, entered my study, and I just prayed for one hour. When I came out, I heard my wife warning her, next time you do this thing, I'll send you away. Do you know why I did that? I knew that for the next three or four months, I'll be carrying babies. that tells us that God has done everything that Jesus has paid the whole price it's true but he calls us to enforce the victory he won for us on the cross of Calvary tonight if you're in that place of weakness and powerlessness please come It's like we want to just have all night, just tarry, just say, Lord, 
Oh, we wait upon you. Just talk to God yourself. You know you need more from God. Just talk to Him. Oh Lord, we're here for you, God. We're here for you. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Bye. 
bring repentance before the Lord on the behalf of the nation, the church. Let it be Externally in power, I move internally in new levels of consecration. Before I move visibly in my glory, I move invisibly in new levels of holiness. Lord, we kneel before you today. God, look upon us with mercy. Look upon us with compassion. To whom shall we turn? To us belongs shame of face. To you belongs mercy. Look upon us and see, Lord, that we are unable to help ourselves. Only you can keep us from falling. Only you can present us to yourself with exceeding joy. So tonight, Lord, we're asking that you extend your hand of mercy. But your mercy endures forever. You said you would have mercy and not sacrifice. You said mercy triumphs over judgment. You who sits on your mercies, shine for me. Let the joy of salvation be. Let the voice of the bridegroom be heard again. Let the healing power of God come again. Lord, today we step away from a religiosity of experiences and we step into the depth of your presence. Open spiritual ideas revive hearts stare us up again revive us bring back a desire for prayer bring back a desire to seek you we wait we wait upon you Say, Lord Jesus, tonight, I have heard your voice. And I'm coming back. I'm coming back to you. Receive me. 
embrace me again oh jesus i believe in my heart that you are the son of god i believe in my heart that you died for my sin i believe in my heart that you rose from the dead that i might be freely justified tonight is the night of my justification again tonight is the day i lift my head tonight is the day i lift my eyes begin to thank the Lord for forgiveness, for healing, for strength, for a new beginning. And if you can, just lift your hand and begin to bless him. in the realm of the Spirit. You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Squarimpa Expressway. Near Next Kashankari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.